0: Support for this podcast comes from Total Jobs. Are open vacancies holding your business back? Your business is losing money every day that a vacancy is unfilled. But you don't need me to tell you that. What the team at Total Jobs do want me to tell you is that the days of posting and hoping are over. Let go of what's holding your business back with technology that's bringing businesses and people together better than ever before. Get in touch to find out how Total Jobs can improve your hiring. Visit totaljobs.com online today.
1: There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine, and in all the ages of history.
0: Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 458 of the Recruiting Future podcast. After almost three years of constant disruption, the talent market still shows no signs of normalisation. Even with rising inflation and layoffs in some parts of the economy, US and UK job openings remain at record highs. So, What are the implications for employers recruiting in times of economic instability and a cost of living crisis? How do TA teams need to think? And what are the most successful employers doing to hire and retain the talent they need? My guest this week is John Wilson, CEO of Total Jobs, which is part of the Stepstone Group, one of the largest online recruitment companies in the world. This means John has access to a vast amount of data and insights into the current hiring market and has some valuable advice to share. Hi, John, and welcome back to the podcast.
1: Morning, Matt. How are you doing?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Um, A pleasure to have you back on the show. For everyone listening, could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: Uh, My name is John Wilson. I'm the CEO of Total Jobs in the UK. Uh, We help companies hire people and we help people find uh, great jobs. Um, We're part of the Stepstone Group, which is one of the biggest uh, online recruitment companies in the world.
0: You're the perfect person to have this conversation with because obviously being a major job board in the UK, part of that sort of big European company, you've got access to lots of data in terms of what's going on um, at the moment. And that's kind of what I really want to talk about. Talk us through what you've seen happening in the market over the last sort of six six months or so? Because it's very complex, isn't it?
1: It really is. And, you know, I think most of us that are listening to this podcast will look back on the last two years and, and just kind of understand there's never been a steady state. And we're obviously seeing a lot more change, uh, as you rightly say, in the last six months. So, like in the UK, the number of uh, open positions is incredibly high. It's declined very slightly recently, but we're still seeing 50% more job openings available in the UK economy today than there were in 2019, so pre-pandemic. So uh, a crazy amount of um, competition for talent out there. We're also seeing that there are fewer people looking for those jobs. So it's a a, a multiplication of those two things. Uh, Many more people uh, looking to hire talent And fewer people looking for those jobs. So it creates a lot of competition. um, And that impacts businesses in many, many different ways, which I'm sure we can talk about. Um, And then most recently in the last six months, I I can remember um, not so long ago talking about inflation rates of 5% and how challenging that was. Yet here we are just a few months later, uh, that's double with um, some predictions uh, taking us to, to territory that we probably haven't seen since the 80s. So that then, in itself, just adds uh, a real human layer of challenge difficulty and complexity to companies that are trying to to hire the people that they need to run their businesses but but clearly for for people that are trying to um, have the right money the right conditions in order to be able to just meet the needs of life today, um, particularly when there's so much uncertainty, obviously we saw the energy cap. Um, increased this morning. So that's almost double what it was before. So energy bills going up from October. Just all adds uh, a lot more challenge for businesses and people as they think about their working life.
0: It's an incredibly volatile complex situation. As you say, here in the UK, we just had noticed that energy prices are likely to go up by 80% in the next couple of months. So hugely kind of impacts the way that people think about work, the way that people think about employment. Also, as you say, we hear a lot in the, uh, the news about layoffs and, and redundancies, but still so many companies trying to hire, pe- hire people and, and struggling with that. Tell us a little bit more about how you think that everything that's going on is impacting the, the, the talent market.
1: Well, we could, uh, this could probably be an answer that goes on for quite some time, uh, uh, Matt, but uh, obviously the number of openings in the market tells you that um, companies are trying to bounce back from uh, all of the challenges that existed um, with covid what we're seeing really is a number of uh different demographic groups that are that are not here in the employment market so older workers have retired um uh through brexit we've got a lot fewer uh people from uh the rest of europe and the world um and then other uh, younger people deciding to stay in education so that creates um uh, that creates a lot of scarcity uh for that talent and so it does a number of things really uh, companies need to understand well, what is it internally that I need to do to keep the people that I have because clearly re- recruiting um, is going to be challenging. So, so can we double down and invest um, in the teams that we have right now? And then also how do we maximize what we're doing to um, uh, to appeal to the right talent? And when you uh, when you layer on what we're seeing right now, so both in terms of competition but also uh, in terms of the real world price increases that people are experiencing, it inevitably um, crystallizes around like how much are we paying people, um, what a, what flexibility can we offer, what benefits can we offer that um, are attractive uh, for workers. Um, I give you a little bit of an example: is the hiring trends index, which is one of the quarterly surveys that we do. We talk to a, um, about a thousand. Um, HR directors and people leaders across the UK to get an understanding of what what are they experiencing. Um, we also talked to uh, around 2,500 um, uh, employees in the country to understand what what's driving their thought processes and decision making. And so, one of the uh, one of the stunning facts, I think, is that um, we see uh, it's about. One, 48% of people are saying that they haven't had a pay rise at all in the last year. So that's creating a lot of challenge. Um, And then that drives the consideration that people have to to maybe move jobs. And we see 37% 37 of people consider changing a job. And then when you drill down a little bit further and you kind of go, okay, so what areas are impacted most by that is when you get into key worker territory. So people working in the healthcare and the care industry, people working in education actually rises to just under 50% of people considering changing jobs right now in this present moment, predominantly due to um, the rising cost uh, of living.
0: I mean, that's obviously unsurprising, but but very unprecedented, isn't it? It's like normally if there's a recession or there's hard economic times, people are more likely to stay put, aren't they?
1: Yes. Uh, clearly, the story that we've been telling for um, the time pre this cost of living crisis is about the, the competition out there in the market. And, and I think um, we all know that when we were in lockdowns, is those face-to-face businesses, hospitality and retail, experienced um, probably some of the hardest times. And then those um, essential uh, businesses, deliveries and uh, care, etc., um, they experienced uh, a, a lot more growth. And I think through that time, we did some research on... Um, transferable skills to really help people think about the industries that they could be successful in. And I think um, what I think most workers understand that, that there's a, a, a competition in the marketplace. So people know that there are opportunities for them to, to go and find work elsewhere. And, and it's really interesting. I think before the pandemic, you would ordinarily see the majority of people when they consider moving they consider moving within their own kind of industry or sphere of influence. But actually, we see that changing quite a lot. Um, The most recent survey showed that 48% of people, um, if it meant more money, would consider moving industry as well. So people's um, idea of what they're capable of, what's out there, I think think that's changed a lot over the last couple of years. So people are more inclined um, not only to, to have a look at what options are out there, within their own industry, but also to, to cross industries as well and kind of uh, uh, work out where where those transferable skills lie. So um, the workforce has definitely become much more mobile, I think, in the last two to three years.
0: Do you see I- employers responding to that, a- enabling that, offering more training, offering reskilling, being more flexible with, with their qualification or skills requirements for the job? So
1: yes, is what I would say. I mean, the majority of training, incidentally, Uh, that we see is actually training people to do the job that they're doing today, only better. Um, So a lot of companies, when they're thinking about training, they're not thinking about um, bridging those skills. Um, But actually what companies are trying to understand is for the role that I need, like what are the core competencies that um, would make someone successful in this role? And whereabouts um, in other functions, roles, or industries, do those same competencies exist and so you find companies now that are much much more willing to um, to not be stipulating must have five years or four years experience doing X role, and actually must be able to demonstrate um, particular core competency. So we so we definitely do see that, um, and then we actually see um, the numbers really quite high over ninety percent of companies that are actively um, changing things within their business to um, to lessen the impact of the cost of living crisis too. So I think. Uh, most businesses are aware that they need to be flexible when they're looking for talent, but also they need to be meeting the the challenge of the day, which um, obviously is is uh, how people kind of meet their. Uh, their commitments in their daily lives
0: and what kind of initiatives are you seeing companies ad- adopting there because obviously pay increases would be the, the first thing that comes comes to mind but, but what else are organizations doing it
1: probably come as no surprise to you that the idea of working flexibly working hybrid is um, massively important for people um, and when you think about well what what does that help you um, people with when it comes to the cost of living crisis. And a lot of that is about, well, if I'm working flexibly, I can minimize childcare costs or I can travel outside of peak times. Um, if I'm hybrid as well, as it means I'm not having to travel five days a week and I can travel fewer times um, during the week. And then actually, there's some expectation as we go through the winter that, that actually what you might find really is, is that people start to come back to the office more as heating bills and, and what have you increase, so that they can go there. And then even things like making sure, um, you're offering, uh, even like food and drinks and stuff like that while you have an office location is, is high on, um, candidates list of things that would make them attracted to a particular company. So they're talking about that a lot. Um, I think then, um, within companies, there's, uh, there's an awful lot of things that, that we can do for existing em- employees. And we see that coming out in the surveys. And these are things like, um, uh, matching inflation for pay rises, but also benchmarking to make sure that not only are you increasing salaries, but that the salaries are at the right level for the market as well as the bonuses, et cetera. There's, there's uh, quite a lot of that um, going on. And then things like, uh, I mean, it, it seems so simple, but employee assistance programs that can help people both with financial questions as well as mental health questions and and give employees support around that is actually really, really um, quite important. And then feeding on from that, it's those kind of well-being activities that happen within the company. So part of it is financial, part of it is flexibility, and then part of it is supporting people um, regardless of whether those issues exist inside the workplace or outside of the workplace.
0: Focusing on the the recruitment aspect of this, we said at the beginning of the conversation that there are lots of employers still competing in very, very difficult markets for, for, for talent. You obviously mentioned lots of things there in terms of compensation and, and benefits and employee experience that employers can be doing to make themselves an attractive place to work. What should they be doing in the way that they market themselves? What are the employers who are kind of sort of cutting through the noise and really sort of getting to the talent that they need? What, what, are, what are they doing?
1: So I think that um, clearly when you've got those foundational elements around, you know, how do you attract uh, the right uh, people and what is the package that you're offering? What is your employer value proposition, et cetera? Once you've got all of those in play, it's really about making sure that you're able um to tell people what's happening there. And so I think uh, if I, if I take it right back to the nuts and bolts as we think about advertising and it's making sure like actually we see a 20% uplift and the amount of click throughs on advertising, when you're actually able to mention like five non-salaried uh, benefits with, within that job advert. So really making sure that you're talking about that. But also if you think, um, How do I make sure that I'm competing out there in the market? It's really about understanding. And we talked a little bit about benchmarking before when you're thinking about um, uh, uh, paying your staff uh, the right wage for the market. That's really critical when you're advertising as well because when you want to generate the maximum number of candidates, you really need to understand, well, what is everyone else around me doing to make sure that you're in line there so that you can um, be competing with the people around you? But then also the, uh, programmatically, so within the Total Jobs group, we also um, have a product, AppCast, which allows uh, companies to um, essentially uh, target their advertising uh, where it makes most sense. And so that way, then, you're, um, you're getting the maximum amount of exposure, but you're also able to make sure that when it's valuable to you, that you can increase that exposure. And when it's not valuable to you, you can decrease that exposure. So you've got that flexibility in there to meet the needs of your own business but i think that um, making sure that you're covering all of the angles when you're thinking about exposure is a is a critical success factor to to getting those internal applications um, the second part then that i think is becoming uh much more prevalent for for companies is like how do i engage with people that are already in a job um how do i Um, think about those passive candidates. And so we see a lot more um, uptake within our business in a number of different things. One, it's that um, CV database search and how do we identify ideal candidates. And so as a company ourselves, we build tools that help you communicate with people that are already in in other roles and and direct them to yours if they want to apply. And then also using um, uh, AI conversational tools to be able to really understand what it is that people want and then be able to direct into your roles um, if that's possible for you. So I think um, a lot of companies will traditionally advertise and then screen the candidates as they come in. And there's a number of different things that you can do there. But I think it's also important in this market that we're identifying um, those candidates that are passive, for want of a better phrase, and actually helping them to attract them to your job advert as well.
0: Final question, a difficult question, given that we've been talking about just how sort of changeable and disruptive everything is. Do you have any kind of insights in terms of you know what might happen in the next six to 12 months in the market? Are there any kind of predictions or, or, or forecasts out there that we should be aware of? My
1: goodness, Matt, if I could tell you that, um, I, I would probably be retired um, already. I think um if we extrapolate forward what's happening, the, the tightness that we see in the market has been driven from the shutdowns through lockdown. Uh, companies are trying to grow. And I think we, we've seen it a little bit. Um, there's volatility in certain industries. We know within the tech industry, we've seen some layoffs and stuff advertised um, over the last couple of months. But that's off the back of uh, stellar growth in terms of uh, the number of employees that, that they've had. And when you look at what's what we see with the ONS data on the total number of job openings in the UK, like I say, it's slightly less over this last month, but it's still 50% higher than 2019. So one thing I think is uh, we can all be really confident in is the competition to hire people will continue over the next six months. Um, when you look at the forecasts for inflation, so... They range anywhere between 13 and 18% um, over the next uh, six to nine months. So that really is going to impact actually what companies are able to afford to do. Um, When we've done the surveys uh, through the Hiring Trends Index, a lot of the companies that haven't given a pay rise is because they've been unable to give a pay rise. So 38% of companies say they haven't been able to pay people because they don't have the profitability in the organization to do that. That's going to continue to put pressure there and force companies to think about, well, how do I uh, how do I balance both of these things? How do I reorganize workloads? Um, and what what elements of my strategy take priority over others? So we'll continue to see competition. We'll continue, continue to see upward pressure on salary and benefits. And so I can imagine the next uh, six to eight months is going to be pretty challenging for companies as well as for um, individuals looking for their next job.
0: John? Thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks again, Matt. Appreciate it. My thanks to John. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show thanks very much for listening i'll be back next time and i hope you'll join me this is my show